I love connection. I love present moment. I love intimacy. I mean, I have my own fears like everybody else, but it's this beautiful playground to see, wow, like what is here in this moment? There's so much more here than we usually talk about. And to have somebody share how they feel in present moment in response to what you shared is such a gift. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Couples Communication and Circling Techniques. I have a conversation with Kathy Courtney, and Kathy is a returning guest of mine. We've done about three or four podcasts in the past that you can check out in the show notes. Just to give you an example, Difficult Conversations, that was one title. We did one on Falling in Love. And I just love having conversations with Kathy. And in this episode, we talk more about techniques that couples can use in their communication. Kathy has been leading the art of circling for many years, which she will talk more about that technique on the podcast. And we even give you some exercises. We actually do some exercises and some circling techniques and some communication, acknowledgement, and validation, and exploration that couples can do on their own. We talk about many of the elements of what it is to deep relating and to have emotional honesty in your relationships, and also some of the obstacles in, in order to get past to experience that. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about Kathy. Kathy has been on a path of personal and spiritual growth for most of her life, and she brings her heart and her deep listening skills to everything she does. And her range of experience from dance and somatic body work, body-mind centering, marketing, parenting, and also, as I said, leading the art of circling, gives her a unique ability to cultivate authentic, meaningful relationships with her clients and meet them where they are. And one of Kathy's greatest strength is creating a safe space that allows others to be with things that feel difficult and to stand fully in what's real for them. And all of her work teaches sovereignty, authenticity, and intimacy. And she believes that these practices create space for greater compassion and love and ultimately support us in uplifting humanity and living truly fulfilling lives. And being around Kathy, I can feel her sincerity on this. She is a gift to the relationship world. And this is the first podcast that I did a remote audio recording. In the previous podcast with Kate, her being the owner of Podcast Network Solutions and her being an audio engineer, she did the recording and did a great job. 
So I started venturing into doing some remote podcast recording because of the times that we're in and not being able to get everybody into my studio right now. So I hope you enjoy this conversation about couples communication with Kathy Courtney. You can contact her at kathycourtney.com. You can go to my show notes and it has hyperlinks to her website and she offers workshops and consultations in conscious relating. And before we get on to the conversation, I do wanna get my appreciation practice in and I wanna thank a couple people who have recently donated to my podcast. I'd like to thank Jonah in Australia, Jocelyn in California, and Marco in Canada. Thank you so much for your contribution and donation to my podcast. It's a labor of love, folks, but it does take some dollars to bring this out to you in in production. So if you are inclined to contribute and donate to the podcast, you can go to my website, heartsharecounseling.com, click on support the podcast page, and you can leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring monthly donation. Thank you all so much. Alrighty, enjoy this conversation I have with Kathy on couples communication and circling techniques. Let's talk about it. Right, here we go, Kathy. You are my first remote podcast conversation so i'm excited to see how this goes lucky me yes lucky you and lucky me that we get to have this conversation again we've done about three or four other podcasts that people could look at the the resource section on the different podcasts that we did difficult conversations falling in love and now we're going to be doing one more about couples communication and different exercises that people can do so i'm curious of what's been going on in in your life around doing couples work that you're that you're juiced about yeah thanks prepo well as i mentioned before i'm a facilitator of a particular communication and relational practice called circling and in circling it's really like a relational meditation where we slow down pay attention to what's happening both within us and then getting curious about another, and then also paying attention a lot to the space in between you and another, or sometimes we practice in a small group. And I've been noticing a lot of the skills that we teach in circling and just the way of being that you come to develop in this practice are really good in intimate relationships. They're great for any kind of relationship, but I've been seeing in the couples, some of the couples I work with, just how much these little nuances get missed. And that, you know, when we're not necessarily, for instance, speaking our truth or we're holding, you know, we're having a withhold, how that resentment can really corrode a relationship or, you know, having the enough wherewithal to even express what's happening or some kind of impact you're having from something that happened that your partner said or did 
and having the necessary skills to know what the impact is and then to be able to articulate it and also to be able to just sit in that discomfort of what may come next. So those are some of the things that I'm noticing are great skills to grow, muscles to build in the relational space. And I thought we could maybe, you know, do some exercises and talk about that some more so people can walk away having listened to this with some real palpable exercises and things that they can work on. That sounds great. Yeah, because as you and I were talking about before, right now people, because of the situation, being home, being more around our, our partners, one, the importance of good, honest, authentic, clear communication, heartful communication is so important. And people have the time to do some of this practicing instead of, you know, going out to to a nice romantic dinner, they can start doing some more exercise. As I know people are also hungry to to do that. I have a lot of people that are asking me more and more for resources that they can do and practice while they have this kind of focus. That's right. And they all take, you know, it takes courage for sure. If you've been operating a certain way for a period of time with your, your love, and then to try these new exercises, it can feel kind of clunky and awkward and a little bit scary. And I assure, I, I feel like I can assure people that if you make the commitment to even fumble your way through it a couple of times, you'll find the really the deliciousness that's available in swimming in that space of intimacy or just closeness and truth with the person that you love. Yeah, yeah. especially just with the intention to to want to be able to connect in that way. So if people can feel kind of the lightness and the desire in this experimentation that they're just doing it for the intention to to connect and the effort that both people are coming towards it with. So I think that that's also important is the lightness of, hey, we're, we're trying this out because we want to better our communication. We want more intimacy. We want more closeness. There's yeah. no perfection that we have to be so concerned about. We're just learning more about each other and more about our relationship. Definitely. The circling practice itself is usually done in small groups. But I've been starting to experiment with different focuses for these circling practices. And I'm currently actually working, um, I'm going to be offering a, a couples circling experience. So there'll be three sets of couples in a series of six sessions together where in the beginning, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll do some exercises. So the couples will go in breakout rooms and they actually will be given some structured exercises to practice. And then they'll come back as a group of six and each session we'll circle one of the couples. So each couple will get some real focus time. But I wanted to share, if it's okay, just a little bit, some of the, the tenets or the, the, the concepts of circling are that we never try to fix or change or advise anyone out of their experience. And that we're always coming from our own experience. So, you know, we're very careful to not project or, you know, we're owning our experience. We're practicing curiosity. We're listening deeply. And really, we're allowing whatever is. So we're embracing 
no matter what's arising in an individual, we're being with that without trying to change it. So these are very important concepts as a background as you and I explore a couple of these exercises. Does that, does that sound clear, Prepo? Yeah, so I would imagine that you're also saying that even if somebody is nervous to do that exercise, you bring that in. That, that, that's part of the understanding of what's going on for somebody, their nervousness, their reluctance, their, what they make up in their mind about how good they should be at something. Is that true, that, that you bring that presence of what's going on, even if it's doubtful of the person's capability right at that moment? Absolutely. Mm. And I think it brings people so much relief to practice in this context of, you know, whatever arises for you, the, the, the rule, so to speak, of this particular practice in this set of time that we decide is that you're not going to be told that that's not okay. You're just going to be given the space to be with what's occurring within you. And I think time and time again, people feel so relieved and they feel heard and gotten. And I think it allows their nervous system to relax a little bit. Um, because I think that we are in a society where we've been conditioned to try to fix people or provide solutions. And I know you talk about that a lot in relationship of just listening and not always being solution oriented um, and that kind of thing. So yes, this gives people permission to just show up like from wherever you are, there's no perfection needed, just presence and, and willingness really. And I think that's just, you know, wonderful to, to give people permission that you don't have to fix somebody, you know, you don't even have to give them a tissue right now, you know, <laughs> it's like, right. you know, it, it, the tissue box is right in front of you. You can get your own <laughs> tissue. I don't have to, I don't have to take care of you in that way. And, you know, cause there is something to that in, in some, in some ways of I'm going to just hold a space of awareness of compassion, but I don't have to fix you and put you in a certain direction. Yep. Exactly. I think that, I mean, it really takes the pressure off and mm -hmm. it allows people to enjoy the listening without feeling a responsibility of, I have to carry you, fix you, or come up with a solution. I can just be with you. So I, I think all around, both as the listener and the, the one sharing, it just allows a lot more space. That's so foreign for, I would just, you know, say for a lot of men, I know that women have that challenge too, but for a lot of us men, that's a foreign concept. You mean I don't have to fix you right now? I don't have to come up with a solution? Do you mean the best thing I can do right now is just sit here and just do nothing and listen? It's like, yep, mm -hmm, it is. <laughs> so giving guys yes. permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, shall we launch into the first exercise? Shoot. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So this one is one of my favorites and let me just give it a bit of background context. So in our typical conversations, Prepo, with anybody, we, we often are talking about something outside of the current, you know, the current situation between you and the other person. You're talking about a situation that may have happened or a challenge or, some sort of experience that happened in the past. And even if it's an intimate share where you're sharing vulnerably about something challenging, 
it's often again outside of the two of you in that moment. So what we like to practice in circling is we take that something out of the picture and we start to pay attention in the moment about what's happening right now in the space in between us. So Prepo, tell me, should we talk a little bit about what's necessary for that or should we do the exercise and then talk about that? Mm, let's talk a little bit what might be necessary. I think okay. that, that, that might be good to go to. Okay. Well, a couple just very pragmatic pieces. So if you're going to do this with your partner, I would put a timer on for, I would start with five minutes. That may not sound very long, but I think it's, it's long enough to get kind of into the meat of this. Mm -hmm. And then you can decide later, oh, let's do this for seven minutes. But it's really good to put a time container around it. So what we're going to be doing is, you know, I will start and say, being with you right now, Prepo, I notice. And then I'm going to report a sensation, a feeling or emotion, something that's happening, happening internally inside of me. So in order for me to be able to do that, one of the most, the, the key things is, um, you know, most people are, are sort of caught up in their, their minds and don't necessarily have a whole lot of access to what is my emotion, what is a thought, what's a sensation. They, they don't quite know the distinctions. So it's really important to be able to increase your emotional intelligence and your emotional vocabulary. So often what I suggest for folks, if they need some support or guidance around that is you can Google the color, the emotions wheel is a great resource and print out this, it's one map of emotions, there's many. But this one is really useful because in the, in the circle, in the inner circle, there's the seven core emotions. And then as you go out from the core circle, it provides more nuanced emotions within that core emotion. So for instance, like if anger is the core emotion, then it may go out to frustration, to judgment, you know, different things like that. So you can use that as a tool, but underneath all of that is just a need for mindfulness and, and, and being able to go into your body and like feel what it's like to be you in this moment. And I want to pause right there. And, and I know you have a lot to say about that too. Well, I think that it's so key as you're saying for people to practice a emotional vocabulary. I think that even having an emotional vocabulary right in front where people can actually go down a list at times. I know I give this to my clients and I say, hey, look at the word despondent. Do we even know how to feel what that feels like to be despondent? You know, to even go down the list to even see, can I even rendezvous and understand what this emotional vocabulary, do I have that inside of me? So I think the aspect of having a curiosity of instead of just, I feel good or I feel bad. There's a huge spectrum of our emotional world and to be able to expand and access that just by moment to moment that throughout the day we might pause and just say hmm let me just take out this emotional vocabulary list and and look at it and to see if i can rendezvous with what it is that i'm experiencing right now so i think it's it's a wonderful practice 
for people to have to just pause and use that as an awareness. And you and I have talked about this, I think, on one of our other podcasts that people don't have to get caught up in that there's only one emotional experience going on. When we use the sentence, a part of me feels, and that means that there's other parts. So that, so to put it out to people that there is many different emotions that are happening at the same moment. Some might get 5%, some might get 60%, and that to allow it. So uh, I would just add that to allow your awareness that there might be many things going on that you're just trying to be curious and access to be able to express to your partner so that they can have a glimpse of your inner world. Totally. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. Most experiences, there's multiple emotions at play. And so, yeah, the, the ability to have these nuances and be able to articulate them to your partner, chances are they're going to, you know, there's going to be much more understanding and connection available in that understanding. Right. And I think the understanding is around curiosity because if you tell me, Kathy, that you're feeling a certain emotion or experience a certain emotion, you're an expert of your feelings. I can't tell you whether you're feeling that or not. So it's really ridiculous for me to even try to argue, no, you're not feeling this way or, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't feel this way. You know, you're feeling this way. And so I think that's another part for people to realize is to be more curious and interested when somebody talks about a emotional experience that they're having instead of trying to match it, whether that should be accurate or not. Yeah, there's definitely no room for, in this practice, for arguing somebody else's experience. And then one, one step further with that, even if somebody says, you used the word despondent before. So say I, I feel despondent, but my despondent may still be very different from what you think despondency is. So the curiosity is helpful there too. If somebody shares, I feel despondent, well, what is that like? What is it like? Like, what does despondent really mean for you? So there's, you know, that's, I'm going a little bit further, but even if we can land on a particular emotion, we cannot assume that somebody's naming emotion is the exact same as we've felt before. So the more curiosity you can bring in to try to really get how that is happening for your partner in this case, the, the greater ability there will be for more and more understanding and, and connection and intimacy. So do you think we're ready to move on? We to are. Yeah, we got to, I, I'm not going to put an alarm on, but we're going to know what about five minutes is. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching my timer. So we'll, we'll go back and forth a few times just to give people a sense. So mm -hmm. I'll get started. So Prepo, being with you right now, I notice I feel grounded, clear, and connected. Mm. So the first person is going to say what I just said, being with you right now, I notice. And then Prepo in this case is going to say, hearing that, I notice. And then we're just going to go back and forth with that very same sentence stem, hearing that, I notice. And we'll go back and forth like that. Hearing that, I notice that I feel, I feel safe hearing that. I notice 
my shoulders just went down and I took a nice breath in my stomach. And I also notice that I'm curious. I'm, ahead, I'm noticing I'm getting ahead of myself with curiosity of what you're going to say. <laughs> Hearing that, I feel amusement and a resting in my heart and lungs, like something just dropped a little bit. And I feel like a little playfulness coming on. And hearing that, I notice that I feel I want to join you in that playfulness. I also feel lack of pressure and openness. Hearing you say that, I feel I have no obligation. So I feel, um, I feel low stress at this moment. <laughs> Hearing that, I notice an appreciation for how you and I could play in this relational space all day. And I always enjoy, I enjoy that shared, kind of shared reality between us. And I'm also noticing I'm smiling. Like there's an expansion in the, this sounds funny, but in my, the back of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Do you want to go one more time? Yeah. And hearing you express that, what I notice of how at ease I feel of playing with you, of talking with you, of um, these discussions that we've had throughout our friendship as it started. So I feel intrigued and connected. And hearing you say about where that is in the back of your brain, I'm like, mm, I want to be able to experience that. So I'm curious. <laughs> more curious about how that sensation is <laughs> thank you mm -hmm. yeah. so that gives you know you can do that for back and forth for five minutes and i would love like now that we're out of that exercise prepa i'd love to hear from you i know you you do these sorts of things a lot but what do you what do you notice about this process and this exercise well what i was thinking to just put out to people is you know some people might feel, ah, that, that's a nice space. Other people might feel that's pretty strange. And, and I would just put out that doing something like we just did, there's an exploration without achieving a goal or a resolution. And so many people, when they have a communication exchange, that they're going for a resolution or a goal. And instead of just experiencing and verbalizing an, an expression of what is coming up for them, that's intimacy to know and to be known. And you and I weren't trying to get anywhere. We weren't trying to solve a problem, but there is a certain connection that can come from it. So I guess I was, what's coming up for me is just to put out to people that, that this didn't have a purpose to resolve anything. It's, it, to me, it's more about to be known and to know. And that could be scary for for people and and foreign 
but if there is kind of like you know the rule is the you know we're setting the timer on five minutes and we're using a little bit of a sentence structure but there's a lot of openness and a lot of freedom to be able to express what we notice about ourselves and the other person Mm -hmm. thank you yes that's beautifully put yeah i think what i love about the practice of circling and then an exercise like this is there is so much there's infinite information (laughs) available to us in every moment like we can tap into so many different things and that often in our communication it can become very route you know it can be these sort of exchanges of words. And so to me, being somebody that loves connection, I love present moment, I love intimacy. I mean, I have my own fears like everybody else, but it's this beautiful playground to see, wow, like what is here in this moment? There's so much more here than we usually talk about. And to have somebody share how they feel in present moment in response to what you shared is such a gift. It's like, oh, I'm actually making an impact over there. And and let me also say it's not always easy. Like it may not always feel so warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it could be, oh, I noticed my heart is closing when you said that. And I'm wanting to get small. Um, so it's not always like this warm, fuzzy practice, but it's it's a practice in speaking what's true, or, you know, being mindful of your experience and sharing it. And I don't know if this comes up for you, Kathy, but when I've done similar exercises with with couples, and even if it's, you know, the one reflection of what their partner said, for instance, you know, what's coming up for me right now is um, I feel angry. And the other person says, when I hear you say that you feel angry, I feel, and they say another word. And it can go back and forth in this uncomfortableness and let's say a negative vibration. But there seems to be a moment where one person might open up when I hear you say that you're frustrated, I feel empathy. And then all of a sudden now the other person, when I hear you say that you're feeling empathy, what comes up for me is I'm feeling relieved. And they're all of a sudden start getting into this healing process without a story of just expressing what it is that they're that they're feeling and noticing what the other person said and so there's there's this feeling of of going into disconnection and maybe negativity just in that reflection but somehow it can curve into openness around healing and availability and connection without the story and that's that's really a beautiful experience to witness oh i love that and it it really brings i think it brings people into their heart more than the story will keep them in their mind i you know i've been playing lately too so it's one thing to be able to access the name and the particular emotion and to be able to speak it But then I've also been exploring with, like, if you totally take the story away and you even take the word of the emotion away, what is the exact physical sensation that's happening with that experience? Talk a little more about that. So I'll speak speak about it from a personal perspective. So recently, 
I felt some shame come up because I had been in a situation, I was in a leadership role and I was coaching people on their circling skills in the, in the context of a training. And everything had gone really well, but my very last one that I was coaching, I don't know, something unconscious happened and I noticed that I, I didn't show up in my best self. And the next morning when I woke up, I felt right away like, oh, some, that, wasn't, that didn't go well with that person and I was worried about the impact it had on them. And then the next thing that came in was that I was really, I felt shame about other people seeing me in that. Okay, so I had that whole story. I, had, I knew it was shame working on me. But I sat with, okay, so I'm going to just put the story aside and I'm even going to put the word shame aside for now. And I'm going to practice just being with the actual sensation of what that's like in my body. And somehow it allowed me to be more directly with myself this way and to go, and, and I ended up really being able to almost I just completely held myself in it. What was the sensation? Do you remember? Oh, there was like, like a burning, like a burning in my gut. There was, it felt like my lungs were heavy. And um, yeah, just a lot of like a burny acid kind of sensation in my body. So actually what you were doing is you were lifting off of, let's say, the label of the word shame and you're going more into into the sensation of it than the labeling of it yes because even putting the word shame and then the story that all has a charge so i'm just playing with and this is maybe you know a little too complicated right now but just playing with the different layers of our experience and noticing different layers of depth and ways of being with oneself yeah, and then I ended up, just to finish the story, completely transmuted. In fact, I became really available to sitting again face-to-face -face with this particular woman and really sitting with that, but also being open and curious and really available for her to share the impact that it had on her. And we both had a really big healing experience through all of that. So in some way, you were sitting with yourself differently so that you're became more available to sit and witness somebody else. Is that true? Yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. Yeah. Because mm. the more we can do that, the less we, we're, we're needing to um, put it on other people. When we feel shame, for instance, it's easy to get in a blame game with people. You want to deflect the, the, the negative feeling. To bring this back to couples, when I'm talking to people about their relationships, it's so common that, you know, they want to talk about their partner and all the bad things that they're doing or the difficult things or the way that they, you know, how, how these characteristics are really hard for them. And really what, what it comes down to is how are you being, like if you took that person out of the picture, What's actually, like, what is, what is your responsibility in this situation? How are you responding? How are you feeling? How can you own your experience? So these are just different ways and different layers of, of owning one's experience.
Yeah. And that's big with couples, right? You know, taking that responsibility of what's going on for you, not what's going on for the other person and just really owning your own experience and not what they should be doing and what you think that they're doing. I think that's big because that, that gets away from the blame game and more about, I'm going to be more of an expert of what's going on for me. Take that responsibility and hopefully take the responsibility of communicating it in a way that brings you closer to me so that you'll understand me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of went on a diversion there. I hope that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm reading myself back in. Okay. And um, I know another thing that you and I had talked about in terms of these little exercises we could do um, or couples could practice at home the noticing and imagining exercise. And I'm wondering if we should go ahead and share that one too. Yeah. And just to be transparent with people in order to get um, what I think is better audio, Kathy and I are just doing our audio. We're not doing video. And I'm just want to put out to you, is this something that we, that we need to put the video on real quick or can we do it just with uh, audio? Well, it would be better with a video. Okay. So folks, we're going to do our video on and if it messes up the audio for a bit, that's what it is. Hey, Kathy, there you are. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) All right. So in this exercise, we're going to take turns by saying, first, it's going to be, I'm noticing. That's the sentence stem. And we're going to notice things in our environment. So there's two different types of noticing. We could notice internal experience and sensation, or we could notice things externally. So right now, uh, and we're going to play with that one. Mm -hmm. So first we're going to do these objective noticings, and then we're going to add another piece. So how about I do one, and then you do one, and then we'll add the next piece. Sounds good. Let's do it. So I'll just do like a, a minute, and then you can do a minute. Okay. So. Right now, I'm noticing um, you looking down for a minute. I'm noticing the light behind your right shoulder. I'm noticing your shoulders slightly raised. I'm noticing the dimples on your face. I'm noticing the microphone in front of your mouth. And I'm noticing the curtains behind your head. So why don't you take a turn? Okay. So as I'm looking at you, I'm noticing uh, you tilted your head a little bit. And I'm noticing that your lips are together. I'm noticing the red flowers on your blouse. Um, Quickly notice my, my own picture and video in the corner there, but I'm not going to give it much look. And I'm noticing the white door behind you. Great. So as uh, for the listeners, as you will notice, we, we simply stated objective things that we were seeing. We didn't make any interpretations of the things we were seeing. He didn't, like Prepo didn't say, you're lovely blouse. He said the red flowers on my blouse. So no interpretations. So the next step is we're going to do the same thing I'm noticing and I'm imagining. So what we're doing here is we're really slowing things down. Oftentimes when we have a noticing of something in our environment or a person, maybe it's a facial expression, we instantly have an imagination about it. 
but we don't know we're doing that. And somehow we make that a truth. We make an assumption that that is the case. So this exercise is to notice the distinction between the thing we're noticing and the thing we imagine. Our imagination can be completely off and that's okay. But the purpose of this exercise is to just practice that distinction. And then, um, you know, you can do other exercises where you check out your imaginations, but we're not going to do that here. So I'll, I'll start. So right now I'm noticing a little nod uh, that you did with your head. I was imagining that you were ready to get started. And I was imagining that you, you know, have a slight concern about the sound and you want to get this video part going. I'm noticing a smile. And I'm imagining that maybe there was some truth to what I just said, or either it was that or it was a little amusing. I'm noticing uh, the headphones over your ears, and I'm imagining you've developed a very intimate relationship with those headphones and that microphone. <laughs> I'll do one more. I'm noticing, again, your shoulders a bit raised, and I'm imagining that your arms are resting on like some chair, some um, armrests, and it's raising your shoulders a bit. Okay, your turn. I'm noticing that you just sat back in your chair, and what I make up my mind about that is that you're just receiving and curious about what I'm going to say. I am noticing that your skin tone has been sun-touched. So I'm imagining that you've had some fun uh, somewhere outside. Maybe that's with uh, your boy or um, maybe even your daughters. And your boy, I meant her man, not her boy. I'm noticing that you just laughed and put your head back and that I made it funny and you like me because I made it funny. <laughs> and I'll do one more. And what I'm noticing is that uh, you stopped smiling and got a little no expression on your face, so a little bit more serious to come back to hearing what I have to say. So you have some just open curiosity. Thank you. Yeah. Should yeah. we turn our videos back No, we're going to keep it on. We're going to keep oh, it on. Screw okay. it. I got to okay, look good. at you. <laughs> okay. I know it's so much better. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was fun. And I think, like, the important thing about it is, as you know, your partner can look at you a particular way in a glance, like in a passing, you know, like maybe you're passing each other in the kitchen and they give you a certain look. You imagine, oh, he's pissed at me because I didn't do the dishes yet. And then you start to go into, well, geez, I did the dishes five times this week and I cooked dinner and he hasn't even taken the garbage out. You know, you get defensive or what? You go down an entire series of like a whole story. But for all you know, he could have just been having some like gas passing or something. You exactly. know? <laughs> so, what? kind of misunderstandings would it relieve if instead we could say, hey, sweetie, I notice a particular look on your face and I was imagining that you're upset with me. Can I check that out with you? Yeah. 
that's so so vital it can stop so many misconstrues you know that part what i imagine or like we've put that sentence out what i make up in my mind is because there's so many times where i'm with a couple and they'll say well you're you're, you're mad at me or and i said do you want to check in with them on that because isn't that what you're imagining even though maybe you're seeing him look away can you say i just noticed that you were looking away and what i imagine is that you're mad at me to just check in and that could save people so much reality checks, you know, to be able to really understand what it is going on and to also take responsibility and accountability of what we imagine, what we're making up in our, our minds. Yes, we're making stories all day long about situations. I mean, we are meaning-making beings. We, we try to make meaning of things. And so we're wired to make stories. For safety and for all kinds of things around that, right? For emotional safety. I need to make up a story so I can protect myself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm listening again to, I know I've mentioned Brene Brown a lot in our podcast, but her book, Rising Strong, she talks a lot about the stories and rumbling with the stories that you're telling. And She's a great resource. But yeah, even just that simple, hey, I noticed this. This is what I'm imagining. Can I check that out with you? And then listen. Could solve a lot of tension and resentment that can occur. What I love about these exercises that we're, we're, that we're giving people, because I, I hear it a lot, and I'm glad we're doing this podcast, even though it's, you know, we're, we're doing these exercises and giving it to people but people have been asking, like, what, what can I do? Do you have certain exercises that I can, can we do homework with? And when we do that more purposefully, we're going to be able to catch it in the moment that we have it in reality to be able to have that moment and go, whoa, 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 wait, let me try this again. Honey, what I'm, what I'm noticing right now is that you just shook your head when I said something. What I imagine is that you don't agree with what I'm saying at all. Is that true? to be able to use it from the practice because the practice is so important to be able to bring it into game time. I call people, you can't just do it at game time. You got to practice it. So these are wonderful exercises, not only to, to do with somebody for connection, but to be able to have the, the foundational practice to be able to bring it in when we really need it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about, you know, people, I worked with this one couple where she's starving for connection and he, he doesn't need it as much, you know, or like doesn't need as much of the sitting down face-to-face -face kind of connection, but she, she's like craves it like nothing else. And so when I really checked in with them for him doing 20 minutes a day is like way too much. But when I really talked to both of them and figured it out, she really only needs five minutes, five minutes a day. I mean, that's really all it takes. That's really all it takes. And, you know, it, it takes a commitment, like, like any practice, you know, we have to create a habit of it, right? And creating a habit takes a while. You have to really be committed and set, set it into your schedule, you know, there's a whole process on how to create a new habit. There's lots of resources for that. But it is like creating a new habit, and it can go so far uh, if you just spend five to ten minutes a day on these sorts of practices. Um, it can have a big impact on your relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially do it around something that might be routine. Sometimes couples, they share a cup of coffee in the morning or they, you know, they do have some routines that they're doing together. You can do that, this five minute practice around a routine so that it becomes more consistent in people's lives. And so that is part of a practice too. When I say, well, what do you do together that's more consistent? Go ahead and implement that together with this as opposed to drudging along, go, ah, you know, we got to bring out the couple's workbook, you know, and do the couple's worksheet, you know, to just do it, right? It shouldn't feel like such work. Exactly. Creepo, do you ever talk, I'm not sure if we've discussed this, but do you ever talk about just eye gazing with practices with your couples? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to mention that? But but I do, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, just I want to double back that up that sitting across from each other you know my sweetie and I we sit in like a you know meditation position and we just eye gaze and it's helpful sometimes to just look at the right eye because sometimes people can get confused looking back and forth (laughs) and it's a great self-awareness practice not only to gaze into the eyes of the other but to feel in your own body in your own like system what's happening while you take them in fully and to me it's amazing the different energies that can arise you know in one moment it may feel like the heart energy is strong and there's a lot of heart moving, you know, love that's emanating between us. And then it can turn into, you know, sexual energy where suddenly there's fire. And then other times it can be more sort of ethereal or something where I feel like our souls are really connecting. So there's just lots of different nuances that can become available when you take the time to sit in that position in almost a meditation. Yeah. And even allow some of the more challenging ones. I know that when I've done it or a couple's done it, they've had some of this connecting energy, but also maybe a resentment would come up and through that look and to allow that to come without saying anything and see if it get, gave energy or if it would dissipate to something else, a softness from the other person. And so, and, and many men, I think, have a challenge with that um, because of one confrontation, you know, when, when you look in another person's eyes, it's around intimidation or confrontation. So to be able to have an experience of just being witnessed and witnessing the other person in a certain connection. And the other thing with guys is you don't have to say anything. So, cause there's, you know, like a lot of times women say, I, you know, we need to talk and it's like, oh shit. And then they don't make the eye contact here. You get to just make the eye contact and you don't have to say anything. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, actually, you can also play with one person takes the role of being seen and the other person is the the seer. And then you can set the timer and switch roles. So what what is it? How is it different for me if I'm the one seeing versus the one being seen? And then you can play with, okay, let's release those rules and let's be seen and see at the same time. So that can be a fun exercise too, because, you know, depending on your role, some people are very comfortable with seeing, but very uncomfortable with being seen. 
So it's a great exercise to, you know, see what your pattern is and to practice actually receiving being seen. And so, yeah, there's so much available just in eye gazing. So I know we're coming to the end of our time. I wonder if it would be okay to tell folks about how to reach me or. That was exactly what I was thinking about. I was just going to say what you said. I'm going <laughs> to let you be the podcast host and say, folks, we're almost at that time, but I just wanted I'm to. Say sorry. No, no, that was great. <laughs> it, it relieved me because it's like a conversation and that lets you know that Kathy is a really good workshop leader because she's taking this on. I like that. I like that. what I'm noticing right now is you're covering up your mouth and imagine that you're a little bit of embarrassed, but you don't have to be because it's right on. I love it. So it's okay. I do feel a bit embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, well, Kathy, yes, I would love for you to, uh, one, thanks so much for this subject because you and I were going back and forth on hmm, what's juicy. What, what do we want to talk about? And I think it's great that we're giving people some couples communication exercise and especially more of an understanding of circling something that is a bread and butter for you. And uh, we would love to hear how people could get a hold of you and to be interested in the work that, that you do, whether it's workshops or some personal work one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Thank you, Preeta. Mm -hmm. So specifically, like I mentioned before, I'm going to be doing a couples circling lab with three sets of couples. So if, if you've been listening to this and you're interested in that, um, I definitely need the right fit for that group. So please email me through my website, kathycourtney.com. And then um, I'm often uh, hosting different circling and authentic relating events. Uh, you can also email me if you're interested in finding out about those and then doing one-on-one -on -one work with people. So I would love to you know, be of service. I think humanity is really needing to work compassion muscles and listening muscles. And I feel committed to whatever, you know, doing whatever I can to, to help us all along. And you're a gift, you're a gift and people contact Kathy because, and it doesn't matter when you listen to this podcast because it's going to be up and people might be listening when it's just out or they might be listening two, three months after. So you're still up for people to contact you and see what, what you have available. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much mm. for this opportunity. When yeah. I got your, when I got your invitation, I'd already been thinking about you for a while and it was like, Oh, yay. Yeah. Another conversation. So I really appreciate it and all mm. that you do. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's interesting to see you through the screen and not one-on-one -on -one like we're used to, but um, I'm not going to let that be, be a handicap. I'm, I'm glad that we took the time to do it and put it out to people to go ahead and give it a shot so that they can have deeper connections and better communication. Yes. Cool. Thank you, Prepo. Thank you. We'll do it again. Okay, good. All right. Bye-bye. Relationships. Let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC, of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.